sighing out the window because it's time for Grain of Truth. Please welcome your host, Mr. David Asprey! Hello and welcome to Grain of Truth, the show which have... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Grain of Truth, the show which hopes to have a white picket truth someday. Aww. Your grains of truth today. The IT spider was a very keen web developer. <laughs> the psychiatrist who enjoyed his patient's misfortunes was Schadenfreude. <laughs> hey! Uh, <laughs> when, <laughs> when, <laughs> he thinks he's hilarious. <laughs> so do I. I'm on board. That's a good one. Just imagine Schadenfreude going, tell me about your mother. She hates you, you know. <laughs> When, I of everything. <laughs> when you two perform charity gigs, they do it pro bono. Oh. And the venue that did not have any stand-up or improv was said to be Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> to introduce our panellists for this episode, it's over to our resident scorekeepers, the Boffins! Thank you, David. From Deakin University, representing classic film, it's Liam Amor. From Murdoch University, Perth campus, representing the zoo, it's Michelle Massey. Yay! From the University of Tasmania, Launceston campus, representing monsters, it's Scott McAteer. From Charles Sturt University, Wagga Wagga campus, representing heroes, it's Rob Lloyd. The rules of Grand Truth are simple. Points are awarded to the panellists for their responses to the ridiculously absurd questions, scenarios and topics that I pose. Whoever has the most points wins the coveted Grain of Truth prize, which this week is a career. <laughs> Shut up! Oh yeah, God. I was surprised I could get my hands on one too. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we begin the quiz, here's a small challenge for everybody. Can you name the Grain of Truth that connects all four of our panellists' topics? That's classic film, The Zoo, Monsters and Heroes. And we'll come to the answer at the end, but I will give you a clue. Deep voice. That is your clue. Deep voice. But we'll start with round one, which is called Right Said Ted. Each panellist must deliver a 90-second Ted-style presentation relating to a theme. At 60 seconds, they'll hear this noise. And at the 90-second mark, they'll hear this noise, at which they must wrap up their talk. Whoever uses their special skills to present on the theme the best gets the points. The theme of this Ted presentation is hopes, dreams, and aspirations. So we'll start with Liam Amor, representing Classic Film, to talk about hopes, Dreams and aspirations. Liam, your time begins... Now. (laughs) In the words of film reviewer Roger Ebert, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. All too true and so easy to find on Google. I myself know exactly what he means. When I was only 12, I had only recently moved to a new town and started part-time work with a Japanese caretaker. And it was here that I truly understood the power of cinema. After a terrible incident with some bullies in a dojo... (laughs) It was the soothing black-and-white frames of Goddard's Bain de Par that really helped me heal quickly. And while fumbling through work experience alongside Professor Henry Jones Jr. in Egypt, it was Wolfgang Peterson's Duff Boot 
that really kept my self-confidence in check on those long, snaky nights. But I'll never forget how uplifted I felt after watching Peter Weir's Dead Poets Society, especially as I had only just said goodbye to my new, tiny, extraterrestrial friend. <laughs> yes, it was aspirational cinema that lit the way. So now when I'm protecting Gotham from huge sharks, or killing robot zombies, marrying prostitutes, or flying the Millennium Falcon, yes, I think back fondly on my formative viewing habits, and I thank my lucky stars that I'm living a wonderful life. Let's <laughs> Uh, here's a question for a panel, but I'll start with Liam. Uh, when you were a kid, or even now, what would be your dream job? What was your dream job that you always wanted to do when you grew up? Excellent question, David. <laughs> when I was a child, I had two jobs that I wanted to do. One, I was a big fan of Gene Kelly. So I, 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 I you loved, wanted to be Gene Kelly. I wanted to be Gene Kelly. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to be tap dance. I wanted to be a oh, dancer no. of such magnitude and, and charisma. And the other was, of course, Indiana Jones, and I wanted to be an archaeologist. Um, and now, of course, uh, in a deft stroke of... Uh, of fine humour. My father said, what are you going to do, tap dance your way through the jungle? <laughs> uh, so that kind of quashed, quashed that idea. Mm. Pretty quickly. Ah, uh, classic dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nussie, what was, uh, when you were growing up, or now, what is... You, what, <laughs> was now? what do you, you want to be, Nussie? Yeah. What do I want to be? Um, well, well, when I was younger, I used to dance a lot. So I actually did tap dance. Um, and I... <laughs> <laughs> through the jungle. <laughs> Terrified of the jungle. Um, but I did watch Indiana, Indiana Jones a lot. Um, so, yeah, I used to dance a lot. But I'd always be like, oh, I'm doing all this dancing, but what do I want to do? And then I kind of had this, I could be a dancer. Like, I don't know why else I was dancing. Like, I, was, I used to, I danced since I was five. I did four different types of dancing. And then it was only, I don't know, maybe I was 10 or 12 that I was like, what if I, I could be a dancer? Anyway, um, then I hit my back at 17, so that was the end of that. Um, but I probably wasn't, I probably wouldn't have been a dancer anyway because I think I wasn't that... Uh, like I loved it, but I didn't have I that. Like that was your <laughs> dance. This, this Can I ask what the four Th- types the of dance were? <laughs> I am that's ballet, like, yeah. modern, jazz, and tap. Great. Okay. Oh. Yeah. 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 Um, but speaking of, <laughs> I'm just going to tell the opposite of your story because I went to, <laughs> I, went, so I, I went to uni uh, and uh, did theatre arts there, and it was, <laughs> and um, and I remember years later because you know, like everyone's got that. Oh, I really wanted to become an actor, but my parents were like, I have something to fall back on. My mum found me the course and was like, go and do that. And I asked her once, why didn't you ever say, you know, you should do something else? And she was like, well, I knew you'd just do it anyway. Oh. Which, yeah, which is very lovely. Somehow, though, she got me to do a dip ed. And I, I taught for a while, which is what she really wanted me to do. Mm. Anyway, Tricked so, you. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a little rumination on the manipulations of my mother. As a theme here. I see a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott, what was your dream job as a child? I never had a dream job as a child. Oh, how is the classic Mekatia response? Yeah. Just, just didn't, like, I mean, I remember we, at school we had these, these charts, which were all, like, different circles. And oh, we still like, have them, yeah. Are you good at English? Then these are the circles yeah, 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 yeah. you can do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I would yeah. always look at the outer circles because they were always the, peop- the jobs for, like, people who weren't really good at anything. And I always thought, well, I could just, you know, get one of those jobs where you just turn up in an office and you don't do anything. And that's what I got. <laughs> um, funnily enough, I work with a guy who used to be an archaeologist. Ah, yeah. wow. We all got closer than you. <laughs> 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 uh, and Rob, what was... Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an uh, uh, Australian test cricketer. Mm. 
And then I wanted to uh, be, after watching that hard-hitting documentary, uh, Police Academy, (laughs) I wanted to be a police officer. Uh, And then uh, at the end of you... uh, (laughs) Did you practice your sound effects? (laughs) uh, I just was too busy tap dancing through the jungles, um, looking for ancient (laughs) tribes. Um, But yeah, so, and then at the end of year seven, we had to pick our electives for what we wanted to do in year eight. And I saw drama and I said, actually, you know, I can be both a cricketer and a police officer and get paid money for it. Mm. Uh, so I became a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Our next speaker is uh, on Hopes, Dreams and Aspirations is Michelle Nussie representing the zoo. Uh, Nussie, your time begins now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about the... Did you hear about the orangutan not that long ago that escaped in Melbourne Zoo? Uh, well, I'm going to talk about that orangutan. So this orangutan is 12 years old, which in orangutan years is kind of like a teenager, and he's, that's the phase he's going through. He's super strong. They think that um, when orangutans are fully grown, they're as strong as 10 adult men. So he is at least halfway there. Like, he's super strong, and he's also very smart. They're smart animals anyway, but his mum is super smart, and he's just, he just works things out really, really easily. And so when I talk about him... I often will say, oh, you know, he's, and this is before he broke out, I'd say he just spends all his time trying to break out of his enclosure because he does. Pretty much anything in there is welded because he just breaks, he's bent stuff to the point that humans can't bend it back. Like, mm. he's just so super strong. Um, anyway, so this one, and people always go, oh, whenever I say that. And so this one day he actually broke out of the enclosure because uh, he worked out that there was a, a blanket that when it was wet it was quite strong and he looped it through like some mesh and twisted it and twisted it and twisted it and the mesh broke and he got up onto the roof, right? When he got up there, suddenly he's in a place he's never been before and he just kind of stopped. He just kind of went, oh, this was not, what? I don't, uh," because he was, and I think the reason that I wanted to talk about this, so basically what ended up happening was the keepers, we evacuated the zoo, the keepers got him off the roof, they just kind of called him and he came, they got him to present his arm, which was part of his training, they gave him an, an injection of like a sedative and he went to sleep. So he went in, he gave, he did, he did it all. He'd never had an injection before, but he'd been trained to do it. And I think the reason that I wanted to talk about it was because I was thinking about hopes and dreams and aspirations. And people always come to the zoo and go, oh, those animals want to be free. You know, they want to go back to the jungle, probably to tap, probably to tap dance. Um, <laughs> but when he got out there, he didn't, like, he was, he was captive bred. He'd, he's never been to a jungle he, he, do, he didn't know what to do. So he didn't have this instinct of... He could have gone anywhere. He's super fast. He's strong. He could have disappeared. But he didn't. He was just trying to work out how his enclosure worked. Mm. So I guess, I, yeah, I was just interested in this anthropomorphism that we're like, that's where they want to be. And I'm like, I think he just wanted to open it. And then he did. It's the animal equivalent of walking to Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and It's exactly what his face looks like. Um, I do like the fact that how the uh, Melbourne Zoo to actually get the injection into him, they had little planes going around. And yeah. So while he was at the top, he was swiping them down. <laughs> yeah, they had to get really tiny planes. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the clarification that he's a 12-year-old orangutan and in, in, in monkey years, that's a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like a mid-teenager. They're very close to us. It's one year so he, later. He'll probably, yeah. Well, he was, when he was 11, he was a teenager. But they, they live to about, the males live to about 50 and the females 60. So they're just a little bit less than us. Yeah. Smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you didn't get your tap dancing archaeology. Yeah, no. <laughs> Too much of the lip. <laughs> Not enough of the studies, anymore. You ever tried dancing with your lip? It's really hard. <laughs> You're ne- not committed enough. <laughs> Our next speaker is Scott McAteer, representing Monsters, to present on the theme of hopes, dreams, and aspirations. Uh, Scott, your time begins now. 
Once, there was a little girl. Let's call her Gary. Uh, now, she could count herself the happiest little girl in the world, except that she had bad dreams. There was a boy that she liked, and she would dream that he didn't like her, and he told her that very politely but firmly. Uh, and so when she walked past the boy, she froze up and couldn't talk to him because she thought it would be like her dream. So she went for her grandmother for help, and her grandmother, let's call her Boutros Boutros Gali, <laughs> she told the little girl... You're laughing at her grandmother's I've, name? I've lost it. She told the little girl about the Baku and the Mara. Now, the Mara is where we get the word nightmare from. It's a shape-changing creature that sometimes takes the shape of a snake, sometimes a goblin, sometimes a vampire sex chicken, <laughs> and sometimes it takes the horrible form of a talking horse. And then there's the Baku. The Baku is made of the cast-off bits of all the other creatures, like tails and tusks and Jennifer Grey's original nose. And the Baku, it eats bad dreams. But you must be careful, because when you summon a Baku, it may eat more than you bargained for. So that night, the little girl called up the Baku, and she said, Oh, Baku, oh, Baku, can you eat my bad dreams? And the Baku said, Yes, I once ate a dream that a man had where his socks came to life and were plotting to kill him. I once ate a dream where a man dreamt that every poop he'd ever done in his entire life came chasing him because they wanted to go home. <laughs> And the little girl said, oh, Baku, eat my bad dreams. Give me peace. And so the Baku did. And then she slept well that night, and the next day she didn't feel any fear at all, and she walked past the boy that she liked, but she didn't talk to him because suddenly he didn't seem very exciting anymore. Suddenly nothing seemed very exciting to her anymore. And that's when she realized that the Baku had eaten more than she'd bargained for. So that night she said, oh, Mara, oh, Mara, can you bring me back my nightmares? And the Mara said, yes. And as she drifted off to sleep, she could hear the faint whispering of her socks plotting to kill her. And she dreamt. I mean, the socks did kill her. Like, that part <laughs> wasn't a dream. But it's a happy ending. Ladies and gentlemen, come back in the I have a question. Yes? Is a sex chicken different to a regular chicken? Yes. You see, uh, the sex chicken, it's called the Lidich. It's get, a, your, get your notes ready, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's a Czechoslovakian folk oh, creature. Of course. And what it does is it takes the form of a chicken and it gives you sex dreams and then it drinks your blood or other fluids while you're having the sex dreams. And the sex dreams are to distract you from the blood? Sorry. It's just a sexy chicken. Do you need clarification? Just part of, <laughs> it's just part of what it does. Like, right, it doesn't no. have Twilight. to do that. Twilight it just, 27. Yeah. <laughs> the new Twilight. <laughs> oh, Edward, you're the sexiest sex vampire chicken I ever know. Yeah. No, you can't look at me in the, in the, in the sunlight. I sparkle. Oh. I'm hideous. Oh, God, you're beautiful. Uh, I was even more beautiful than that Harry Potter reboot. <laughs> Hashtag team sex chicken. <laughs> Hashtag it now, ladies and gentlemen. Check out that big cock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that'll be cut out. <laughs> so it's just going to be edited. That's the only just, thing that remains. Just on a loop. Just Liam going, check out that big cock. Check it. Check it. Check it. Big cock. Check it. Check it. Big cock. And I'll have glass music playing in the background. Now... Our final speaker is Rob Lloyd, representing Heroes, to present on the theme of hopes, dreams, and aspirations. Uh, Rob, your time begins now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my final grain of truth. I've been talking about Heroes for the last two years. So I'm going to talk about my hero, 
David Innes. When it comes to hopes, dreams, and aspirations, um, Mr. Innes has kept me going for about ooh, about three or four years. The first time I met David Innes was at an uh, impro marathon, uh, and um, he seduced, seduced me by saying the lines, I watched you when I was a teenager on community television. <laughs> And it's been true love ever since. Um, I haven't had the best of luck with professional relationships, uh, and I'm just waiting for the moment when Innes and I uh, break up as well. But I hope that we continue our beautiful relationship. Uh, I'm amazed by a man who can get on stage and do a whole segment about the facts of hats (laughs) and have audiences in tears with laughter. His organisation skills, his wit, his charm and his passion keep me going. Uh, he is my biggest hero in the comedy scene right now and it's an absolute honour working with him every time I do. So, Mr David Innes, a round of applause for you. Yeah! Uh, I should point out, this is my last episode as well. <laughs> and, um, David... You're pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Diary. (laughs) What a day. Well, uh, that was awfully lovely of you, Rob. Thank you very much. Uh, And as someone that I often aspire to myself, and I have completely stolen my own MC persona from you, because (laughs) if in doubt, just shout. That's what I go with. Uh, You don't say ladies and gentlemen gentlemen enough. enough. (laughs) You need to say ladies and gentlemen a lot more. Uh, um, Here's a question, and this is also for the panel, but um, Mm. we were talking about people who admire, but was there anyone in your life, Rob, that you ever felt jealous of, or was there someone that you want to be or were really jealous of either what they did or their successes or things like that? Adam Spencer. (laughs) Adam Spencer. Why Adam Adam Spencer? Spencer? He is... uh, uh, Now, I've been doing a bit of work with Doctor Who over the last couple of years. Just a smidge. Just a little bit. Um, And I get referred to, oh, you must be the go-to person when it comes to Doctor Who stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. Adam Spencer. (laughs) He always pips me at the post because, you know, he's done the whole television career, radio career, and is actually, like, well-established. So uh, I actually want to win this episode so I can get that career prize. (laughs) Um, So, yes, Mr. Adam Spencer. I don't like to be jealous or envious of people, but, uh, yeah, Spencer, Mm. I'll take you down one day. (laughs) What about you, Scott? Were you ever envious or jealous of someone in your life? Anyone with hair. (laughs) 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 Adam Spencer doesn't. We can gang up and get Adam Spencer. He's got hair. We, we can be duplicates. <laughs> we'll, turn in, we'll pretend to be Adam Spencer. Um, what about you, Nussie? Uh, I reckon, I don't know if there's been one person always. I feel like I change up depending on how I'm feeling. <laughs> so when I get to a point where I'm like, yeah, that's what I should do. <gasps> that person's already doing it. You know, it's that kind of thing. And I reckon recently it's been... Uh, the working dog people, but back in the 80s, like yeah. with front, front line and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's 90s, who I'm 90s, like, 90s. I want to go back and work with them then. Yeah. Not, not that they're not great now, but oh, I, yes, I, yeah, because if I got in then, you know what I'm saying? I'd already be there. Yeah. My, yeah, my moment for that was they used to do a show called The Panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there was one moment. There's one iconic sketch in the late show when they do the dinner party and Rob Sitch has the wig with the, with yeah. the uh, ponytail and he does the whole up. Up, uh, uptight character going, oh, have you been to Turkey? Greece was ruined 20 years ago, all this type of... Like the big wanker who's always at a party talking themselves up. And I was watching a panel one time and Rob Sitch was there talking, goes, so we were filming uh, River One somewhere and we're going to Italy. Oh, no, we've just come back from... And I went, 
Oh no. He's become what he is. He's hates. become the character he used to make fun <gasps> of. So a little piece of me died that day. Well, there we go. What about you, Amor? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, that's the end of the round, so it's over a score update from the Boffins. Boffins. Yes, thank you, David. <laughs> According to the Grain of Truth evidence locker, Liam is in the lead with an elusive evidence piece. Ooh, what is it? Is it the murder weapon? It's a big cock. <laughs> <laughs> it was bludgeoned to death. Both, with both this. is correct. It's <laughs> a big cock. Uh, the next round is the analysis and application round, so our panel is divided into teams of two and must apply their skills to an application task. Uh, Liam and Nussie, I'll be challenging you to re- uh, replay a moment from history as a series of tweets from the event. <laughs> so I need you to live. Tw- I would like you to live tweet. Um, the- <laughs> I would like you to live tweet uh, World War One for me. Could you live tweet World War One for me? Uh... <laughs> Um, everyone, gr- everything's great, right? Hey, lol. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> That's where we're going to stop. Franz Ferdinand, so 1913. <laughs> hashtag bummer. <laughs> 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 One for David. Germany invades. You won't believe what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> and then Germany just tweets heaps of like, look at what these kittens are doing to distract. <laughs> Bluey just etched his initials in the Sphinx. Hashtag lol. <laughs> Hashtag contiki to her. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hey! Nussie and Liam. Uh, uh, Scott and Rob, I'll be challenging you to enact the missing prologues to these very popular stories that would probably shed a new light to these films or books or whatever I happen to give you. So I, I want to see the missing prologue. Um, to the film Independence Day. So what was the missing prologue to the film Independence Day? (laughs) You know, this planet that we're on is devastated. We need to find a new home. I've heard this earth place is peaceful and friendly. From all the footage we have received from them, they are so kind and friendly and generous. They will open their arms to us. Open their arms to us. And we communicate with laser guns. With laser guns. They love laser guns. They love laser guns. It will be the happiest joining of two races. Nothing could Possibly, Possibly go, go wrong. wrong. I love you, Clotha. I love you, Clothas. Let's go wrong. And I've installed Windows on our computer system. Hooray! Bill Gates has given it to us. He's given it to us. The humans are so nice. Well, let's make over to the Boffins for a score update. Boffins! Yes, thank you, David. According to the Grain of Truth Crumpet, Scott McAteer is now in the lead by being smothered with butter. Ooh, ah. Fill all the holes. In a crumpet! Yeah, I see Nussie's plan of trying to eat a banana on stage isn't working to get any extra points. <laughs> a sexy banana. Num, 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 num. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's more than celery. Mm. It's yeah. true. I had, to, I had to put the lid back on the celery. <laughs> because mm. it, because <laughs> it was noisy with the <laughs> lid off. <laughs> they were no, screaming, no, don't eat us! <laughs> no, that's no, 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 We want to be free. But then, once we're free, we'll go, oh, yeah, it's all right. What they what just I expected. Want, they, just, they ripped open just the bars. Exploring, yeah. Yeah. They figured out the mime action for getting an injection. We listen. <laughs> good, good work at learning, guys. <laughs> You're the best, Nussie. Yeah. 
Our next round is called the Give Them Hope Round. Liam and Nussie, I'll be asking you to both be timeless parental, maybe avuncular figures who, who would give advice when things are tough. Uh, the people that we turn to when all things seem really bad. Rob and Scott, I'll be asking you to play a variety of historical characters, one after the other, asking Liam and Nussie for some advice that will give you hope. Um, the first uh, types I need you to be, I need you to both be victims of the Black Plague. Ooh. So if you could be victims of the Black Plague asking for advice. Oh, 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 Governor. Oh, what do I do about me buboes, sir? Oh, hello there. Hello. Welcome. Uh, aren't, you, aren't you too gorgeous? Just look at you two. Well, would, we, would you well, like to? Oh, we've, we've got a deeper shade of, of blue around the eyes. Purplish blue. That really Purpish suits blue. you. You look hey, fantastic. Would you, would you oh. like some cucumber water? Oh. Cucumber, wa- cucumber water? Oh, that, that, that oh, better delicious. than the traditional mud water we've oh, been oh, drinking. That just, that just gives me diarrhea. Oh, it does. Well, you be proud. You be proud of your diarrhea. You just be go out there and you it. say, hey, world, look at me and my diarrhea. Well, your diarrhea. Is part of you until it is not. Well, now I want <laughs> diarrhea too. I drink some of this mud water. Oh, oh, it hurts, but I'm proud. And I'm proud that I helped you with that. Oh, yeah. mission that, accomplished. Oh, that's I've all just, we can hope for. Yeah. I, oh, my arm just fell off. <laughs> well, yeah, now you're armless. <laughs> Absolutely oh. armless. What are the benefits of being armless apart from a pun? You can focus on your feet. You can take up tap dancing. I have been wanting to tap dance my way through the Amazon. That'd be a wonderful thing to do. Just think think how happy and fulfilled you'd be. Anything else I did after that would just be crap. Crap, yeah. I only want to tap dance with the Amazon. Tap dance with the Amazon. I take it back. I take it back. You guys can die a horrible death. Uh, The next characters I'd like you to play are aristocrats in the French Revolution. So you're aristocrats in the French Revolution. Oh, hi there. Nice hat. Aren't you too gorgeous? Beautiful. I like the feathers. So many. Um, both of you for execution in the morning, though. Oh, I'm congratulations. Quite oh, worried. Wow, that is amazing. They only execute the best people. They do. Yeah. We have, a, we have a, uh, appointment with Madame Guillotine. Madame Guillotine. Uh, oh, she seems fabulous. Yes, yeah, she does. She, does. She, she knows a lot about it's, cheese. It's nice. It's nice to, to hobnob with high society. She, Absolutely. She removes the head from her body, sir. <laughs> Well, well, perhaps. Think about the weight you'll lose. Well, Very slow. You have been getting awfully fat. In the head. <laughs> <laughs> I have been known that as. Is a, no, I think that's just the wig. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, maybe the wig could be a, a replacement for my head and we can escape through the use of the Scarlet Pimpernel. The Scarlet Pimpernel. Hey, 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 don't run away from your problems. You have to face it's your problems head, head on. Ladies and gentlemen, the panel! Anything says we must end this with a pun. Uh, <laughs> that's standard. That's the rule. That's the rule. Uh, that's so the grain of truth d- um, Bible, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Uh, at, the end, <laughs> at the end of the round, it's now time for a points update from the Boffins. Boffins. Yes, thank you, David. According to the grain of truth part-time job, Nussie is now in the lead by being promoted ahead of a teenager. Yay! Yay! Oh, a 12-year-old orangutan. Uh, <laughs> career is within your grasp. Before we find out who won today's program, it's now time to reveal the answer to our Grain of Truth connection challenge. Firstly, did anyone on the panel get the connection between classic film, The Zoo, Monsters and Heroes? Oh, I, I, I think the audience may have this before oh. I do. You yes. got it almost immediately, didn't you? Yeah. You did this. Come on, <laughs> come on up, come on. The arms? Come on up. He, come whacked, on no, he whacked to the table and then did the arms. Of oh. like, here we go. Uh, he All did right. the L.A. Law judge. Oh. Come on over, speak into my phone. 
Okay. Microphone. That's not his phone. <laughs> Hello. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 1950s welcomes you. <laughs> is it James Earl Jones? Why would it be James Earl Jones? Uh, I believe the Zoo Link is he voiced Mufasa. Uh, Hero is something I forgot to think about. Um, <laughs> Played Dark okay, I don't he's think my this hero. Through, but classic films, he was he's done a lot of classic films himself. Um, monsters, I guess you could consider um, oh, what was the name of the villain in Conan the Barbarian? Because he had the snake powers as well, so the sort of monster there, I thought. Joe Snakey, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's where I went with the connection. Give a round of applause! Uh, I think that the uh, uh, the, uh, the audience are now rich, uh, getting up there. Oh, according to the Grave Truth Supercomputer, what would the audience get now? Uh, they would get a bowl of cereal. A bowl of cereal. Oh. Thank you. So there you go. You're ahead by one bowl of cereal. The audience uh, is stealing my career. Yeah. <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, did anyone else on the panel get uh, connections between the four? There's about 17 werewolf films I could name. <laughs> okay, so is that, is that every single one? <laughs> every single one has like a hero, a werewolf who wakes up in a zoo and uh, it's a movie. <laughs> there we go. They're uh, all classics, good. damn it. Uh, yep. Very good. Anyone else? Uh, well, the connection I managed to get was Christopher Lee was yeah. my connection there. Uh, he appeared in such classic films as the 1955 film Police Dog or that, ni- or that 1958 film Corridors of Blood where he plays Resurrection Joe. That is a great film and he's fantastic in that. Uh, he's also most famous. He's a really good film. He's <laughs> excellent in that. He's okay. also we, we agree with you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great film. It's a great film. He's also fantastic. in Police first Academy films. 7 so Mission to Moscow. Moscow. Yeah, yeah. Police that too. Uh, he is also, of course, most famous for playing the monster Dracula, uh, but he's also played literary heroes such as Sherlock Holmes in the 1962 film Sherlock Holmes and the Deadly Necklace. Uh, but what many people might not be familiar is the connection with the zoo, where he was a spokesperson, perhaps you know, just used as to provide a very good quote for Peter in the UK, showing his disapproval for vivisections on animals that were by, that the British Heart Foundation would do as part of their research. He was um, headed a big campaign against vivisections on, I think, primarily dogs and cats to see how the heart worked. So there is the connection for Christopher Lee. Uh, so, Boffins, could you please determine from your working out who has won the career? Yes, thank you, David. The career today goes to Mr. Scott McAteer. Oh! Oh. Uh, Scott, what are you going to do with your career? I'm going to go to war with South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God! Oh, I love you. I'm suddenly so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so very tired. <laughs> well, that's the end of the program, and I hope you and Jenny can come and see the recording on the first Saturday of the month and for one more time in December at 1 p.m. at the Wesleyan. Our we- website is www.grandoftruth.com.au. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash grandoftruthshow, and on Twitter at grandoftruths. And that leads me to thank our panel, Liam Abel, Michelle Nasi, Scott McIntyre, and Bob Charlie, our theme music composed by Matthew Hancock and arranged by Michael Bell of Orange Studios, our logo designer Tom Markovich, our sound restorer Armand Petit, our properties manager, set dresser, and official pun fitter, Ashley Cameron, our venue the Wesley Ann, our video host evidence, have a splendid day! <laughs> <laughs> this has been a production. Yeah! Thank you,